Greetings and hello, listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to episode 92 of the Backseat Directors Podcast, and I'm your host, Andre Hutchins. And on today's episode, Ryan and I are discussing all things Netflix. While most of us are hunkered away in our homes, practicing social distancing and self-quarantine, we want to give you some recommendations on what to watch from the king of streaming services, Netflix. We'll list some of our favorite Netflix original series and movies, and then give you some recommendations on maybe some lesser-known Netflix original series and movies. Thank you for downloading today's episode and for supporting the podcast. Share the love and tell your friends and family about us. You can find us on every major platform where podcasts are found, including Spotify. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can follow us on social media or reach out to me directly via email. That email address is andre at backseatdirectors.com. That's A-N-D-R-E at BackseatDirectors.com. Now let's get on to the show. Well, how you doing, man? Yeah, good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What's what's the latest on uh, on England and the UK as a whole with uh, everything going on in the world? Um, they've closed quite a lot of areas, so pubs, bars, and everything's closed. Um, most people are working from home, so I started working from home on Thursday, so... Yeah, that's uh, boring. <laughs> I'm not gonna... I think if I knew when it was not when it was going to end, I don't think I'd be feeling a little bit as, uh, but it's kind of a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure how long I could do this for. So see how that goes. But no, we're kind of just following suit from from the states. To be honest, I think you guys are just slightly ahead of us with a lot of what you're doing. But we seem to just be following following suit. Really, there. How's things your end? Yeah, it's about the same. Um, I, I guess the silver lining for you though, is, you know, at least the, the line of work that you're in, it's not necessarily affected other than, than you just have to work from home, you know? Um, because there, there are quite a bit of people within the United States that, uh, cities are, are doing mandated quarantines, you know, to where essentially like, you know, like our buddy Mikey down in, you know, the Los Angeles area, you know, California, I, and I could be wrong. I thought it was the whole state, but I thought the governor had mandated like a 48 hour quarantine. And if you're a non-essential business, you have to close, you know, so just it's, it's really unfortunate for a lot of people whose businesses and employees and things like that are, are being affected, you know, in, in massive ways. Um, you know, especially like the restaurant industry right now, you know, restaurants are, are really struggling because it's so in here in Utah, you can, restaurants are still open, but you can't do dine-in. So everything has to be either delivery or takeout. Um, and some restaurants are even, you know, they're not even allowing customers to come inside to do the order. You know, they'll, you have to order on your app, on your phone or call in and then they'll walk outside and give you the food. But, um, right. Yeah. I mean, from the last time you and I recorded just last week till now, I mean, things continue to get crazier. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's mad. And, I don't know what the peak is really. Um, I think our our trip that we've got planned is is looking by the by the day less and less likely. I think if it happens, it's going to be more good luck now than it being bad luck it not happening. That's kind of what I've been saying to people. It's such a bummer, when, man. Um, it's such a bummer. It's such a bummer. Well, hopefully, um, our flights and um, Virgin have said that they'll do like a no fee like changing it so we might be able to come maybe like a month later see what happens there but just it starts all getting a bit a bit dodgy like because we might have to make up the price of the flights and the flights from the uk to the to la are actually really expensive we got them for for a very good good price um 
it falls more into a peak area so staying in LA and Vegas could become more expensive and yeah so it just it just it depends on how it all rolls out but it's it is such a bummer you're right yeah that's the thing that i think is going to be really interesting is how how quickly do things go back to normal or will there be kind of a prolonged period of you know more a more drawn out period of people assimilating back into what their normal routines have been you know or is it going to be mm-hmm. a mad rush of if you travel for business you're back on traveling again back in hotels back on airlines you know families getting getting their vacations in you know i i am i'm curious to see how quickly things go back to normal once things really do settle down with coronavirus but I'm bummed, man. I'm I'm bummed that our trip isn't happening. I know these are all, uh, you know, in comparison to those who are actually really being affected by coronavirus. I mean, these are all things that are, I guess, kind of small. But uh, I, I mean, still, still, uh, you and I were finally going to be able to. Everyone meet. has it worse. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always a believer of. I know that there's always that. Ah, uh, but people have got it worse. But you know, like everyone's, someone's always got it worse. So if you're yeah. not allowed to just kind of stress a little bit of upset about something that you are looking forward to that isn't happening, then 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 no one can ever moan because there is always there is always someone who has <laughs> no it, that's a great point that's no, a very good point i mean you know within within our realm of of you know social circles and things like that i mean you and i were finally going to be able to meet and you know hang out down in los angeles again with our buddy mikey down there and just you know have a good time that was definitely something i was looking forward to but hopefully it still happens hopefully we're still we'll, we'll see we're just gonna have to you know six, be, six like weeks said, away it'll be Six weeks, uh, yeah, five weeks, just five weeks yesterday, I believe. So it's um, like it happens. If it happens, it will be good luck now, I think. It's fallen into that realm. Before I was saying when coronavirus first kind of started, I was like, oh, my God, it would be such bad luck if we couldn't go. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. But now it's oh, I flipped on his head. It's like it will be genuinely such good luck if we manage to make it <laughs> yeah, so we'll yeah. see what happens right and i i think the the big concern at least for those within the us right now domestic travel has not been restricted but uh president trump has come out and you know, urged and encouraged the public to not travel he said if unless it is vitally necessary please do not travel you know and mm-hmm. I, I right now i know it's within the tens of billions uh what the airline industry is losing you know i i heard that almost every airline in the country is going to have to file bankruptcy and request a federal bailout you know just because it's it's unsustainable to, to to continue this trajectory and businesses not be massively impacted but um, so. Well, okay. Well, that's enough for coronavirus. Uh, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Backseat Directors Podcast. Uh, I'm Andre Hutchins, and this is uh, we've got Ryan Nevin all the way from the UK joining us as well. Ryan, welcome back. Um, as always, we're going to start off the podcast with uh, let's just do a little recap of the movies we've watched this week. Uh, my my list, surprisingly, I thought it was going to be a lot longer than than it turned out to be. I mean, I've got I've got a few movies on here, but. Uh, you know, just with all the downtime that we've had and all the free time, just hanging out in our homes, I, I thought I'd get around to watching more more shows. But uh, I was surprisingly busy doing other things. You know, uh, walks outside, reading books, and just trying to do some other stuff. But uh, um, I'll I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I've given you the uh, the lead going into this in previous episodes, yeah, but I'll cool. go ahead and start. Um, so w- we've continued to watch a few of the more Marvel movies. So my wife. You know, we're just kind of going back to the ones that she hasn't seen. You know, my wife and I were coming up on four years of marriage right now. 
and ever since we've been together i've i have dragged her to every marvel movie and i think she's gone reluctantly but i think she's starting to she was starting to enjoy them more and more you know she liked the spider-man movies and uh and things like that she, black panther is one of her favorites so she really enjoyed that one but you know the older ones she never really got into so so last week i talked about thor and thor the dark world you know so those were some that we were watching because she hadn't seen them oh actually no sorry uh thor the dark world was this week uh last week was thor and then avengers so this week we caught up on thor the dark world but we skipped <laughs> we skipped the captain america movies she didn't she didn't want to watch uh um the first captain america first avenger or uh winter soldier just because captain america just really isn't a character that she cares for she says she doesn't like captain america um and there are reasons for that I, I, um but anyway um so we skipped captain america and we went from thor the dark world to uh avengers age of ultron and so I, I, I don't know. I know Thor, the dark world gets a lot of, um, criticism, but I don't think it's as bad as maybe the criticism, uh, you know, it, it has warranted. I just, I don't I know. Like I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I think it's, a I'm good, one of the few people that like it. Yeah. No, I, I, I just think, and I think, I think it's the lowest rated Marvel movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but it's still like in the sixties, you know, so it's not like you know, people consider it a terrible movie, but I guess when you're comparing it to, you know, the scale of Marvel movies and how, you know, how much people like some of them, but it was a good one. And, and I, I'm one that prefers age of Ultron over the original Avengers. <laughs> I know I'm definitely in the minority, but I, I really enjoy the, the dynamics of, of, of Tony Stark and Bruce Banner and how they're kind of the rogue. They're the rogue people uh, avengers on the team you know that you know he even tells them like we're mad scientists we have to do this you know in, in dealing with artificial intelligence and what tony wants to do with building a you know an iron curtain around the world as defense you know but uh i i, I really enjoy it i think it's cool i think uh seeing vision come to life is very cool um so those were that film um sets the the uh the backbone i think to kind of how the mcu goes forward where the first avengers kind of set the theme with very kind of light-hearted jokes age of ultron i think carries quite a lot of weight a lot of it refers back to to that film especially within like infinity war and um an end game where um like that scene where like captain america says um like we'll, we'll do it together you know when um when uh, yes tony says like how are we going to beat them and right like he's like we'll lose and he's like we'll do that together as well then in end game obviously he brings that back up and there's just a lot of stuff within the later films that that go back to ultron especially as well with like thor the thor hammer with um with captain america picking up thor's hammer again for another back point to age of ultron so it's quite a it's quite a fundamental part of an mcu and what's interesting as well is the um is a film with, with Thor, which you've just mentioned as well. I think the score for Thor, um, Dark World, is actually quite a prominent one, and that's one that follows on Thor a lot. And they actually use it as the Marvel fanfare for quite a long time. So two films that you've watched that have had quite a big impact on, on the MCU going forward, to be fair. Yeah, no, I think those are great points. Um, and those are all fun things that I, I my wife was noticing too, because she, again, she had never seen um, Avengers Age of Ultron, but she has seen Infinity War and Endgame, you know, and so she was picking up on those little, you know, callbacks like, oh, hey, this is what Tony said in Endgame. You know, we were going to lose, 
you know, and so she's seeing these conversations, uh, which is kind of fun. It's been fun to see, at least for her, and just kind of what she's been able to pick up. Um, but no, I, I I think you're totally right. You hit it right, right on the head um, that, yeah, like it really is a pivotal movie and what what really begins the remaining chapter of the Infinity Saga. But um, uh, what's what's interesting, though, and I don't know if you know the dynamics of what happened behind the scenes with Joss Whedon and Kevin Feige. Because this is the last movie that Joss Whedon directed. He was out after this, after Age of Ultron. You know, from, oh, I didn't know there was any drama. Was that, any, was that drama? I don't know if there was or not, but I, I just I can't imagine that Joss Whedon would say, "Okay, I'm done." You know, after he is direct, he has directed now two billion dollar hits with both Avenger movies. You know, because from then on, the Russo brothers did Civil War, then they did Infinity War, and then Endgame. You know, so they. Kinda... I think Joss Whedon did say that he was done after. I think I remember really? him saying that he was done with the Avenger films after Age of Ultron. I I could be I could be mistaken. It was a long time ago now, but I feel like I read that he he was kind of done with the Avenger movies and wanted to do to do something else. Um, so I could be wrong. That was yeah. a long time ago. So I'm just yeah. I'm just picking out my yeah. Well, I mean, listeners, if you guys if you guys know, hit, hit us up. Yeah, hit us up on social media. Reach out to Ryan on Life of Films or uh, me on Backseat Directors. Let us know if you guys know any of those tidbits. I mean, I'll, I'll end up looking it up anyway. But I just found it interesting, and it's not that I'm a, a, like upset that Joss Whedon was no longer part of the MCU after that because the Russo brothers I thought stepped up the quality of the movies mm. after that. I thought you know Winter Soldier. Civil War, Infinity War, those are really some of the best, like cream of the crop of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, okay, so those were two movies. Um, obviously, we had St. Patrick's Day, uh, unfortunately, under quarantine all over the world. I'm, I'm sure, I, I don't know, it, I mean, it, it's an Irish holiday, more or less, but how, how well celebrated is St. Patrick's Day in the UK, like in England? Big. Is yeah, it? it's big. Yeah. It's big. Uh, you guys do themed things better than us on on every occasion. <laughs> so that's always going to be the case. You guys love getting dressed up. You like like the Americans really. It's one thing I think the English um, envy is Americans really like to get involved and and really put hundred percent into any sort of celebration that you guys do. Yeah, holidays. Um, yeah, but it's. But in terms of things that are celebrated here, it, it it's definitely one. People love an excuse here to go out and, and get drunk and, and have a good time. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the bigger cities in the U.S., uh, St. Patrick's Day is a very big holiday. You know, New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, uh, you know, cities where there are a lot of Irish heritage and immigrants that, you know, have have long established roots now in these cities. But uh, so, you know, St. Patrick's Day was this past week. And uh, for St. Patrick's Day, we had a couple Irish movies. We watched uh, Waking Ned Divine. Are you familiar with that movie? Uh, nope. Really? Oh, dude, it's, it's uh, I, I'd have to say it's, it's, it's a classic in like, if you begin to kind of like round up all the holiday theme movies, you know, kind of like uh, Bill Murray's Groundhog's Day, obviously Christmas movies, Halloween movies. Like this is this is a great movie. It's not necessarily a St. Patrick's Day movie, but it is a full-on Irish movie. It's very funny, very clever. Um, and then we also this week watched Leap Year with Amy Adams. Have you seen that movie? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that yeah. uh, quite recently. Actually, it was on TV quite recently, but uh, yeah, I've seen that one. So this was actually the first time I've I've seen the movie. Um, I I knew I knew Amy Adams starred in this movie, and I kind of. I, I kind of was familiar with the the plot of the movie anyway, but I mean, it's, it's a cute rom-com. It, it's, it's good. If you're into rom-coms, definitely check that one out. Um, what I really liked about that movie though, and gosh, man, this is why I want to get back to the UK, but I, I love the landscape of Ireland and 
England and all all these incredible, beautiful green uh, parts of of you know the, where you're from. I just I don't know. And mm. then in the cliffs and the ocean and the shores, it's just beautiful, man. It's it's incredible. It really is. You guys live in some awesome parts, but uh, um, so that's what we watched. And then um, also I I saw uh, Crawl. This was a kind of a killer creature movie from last year. It's like an alligator that name killer that alligator rings a bell. movie. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen that. I've seen that. Is that the um? Oh, is that where the 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 flood, like the flooding? Yeah, yeah. So the the yeah. the movie takes place in Florida, and Florida gets a lot of you know a lot of hurricanes. There's a lot of flooding every year, every single year. It blows my mind how many people still live there when this happens all the time. But yeah, so the it's it really there's only really like two main characters in the movie, um, but they she goes looking for her dad. Her dad got attacked in in the basement of this house that he's trying to finish. You know, there's flooding, and then the alligators come, and it's like kind of just a survival movie. But it it was fairly yeah. uh, highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. I was surprised at the score it got, but it's it's decent. I think if people are into killer creature movies, it's a good one to check out. So that's that's Crawl. Um, we watched Thoroughbreds. Have you seen this movie that came out in 2017? It's the first time I've seen it since it was in theaters, but uh, it stars um, Anya Taylor-Joy and also a um, a British actress. I didn't know she was British, but uh, Olivia Cook. Uh, no, I have so no idea what she, that film is. Olivia Cook stars in um, Ready Player One. You saw Ready Player One, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so anyway, and Anya Taylor Joy, she's she's in a bunch of movies. She just played Emma recently in the Jane Austen remake of Emma. Right. Um, but anyway, it, it's it's a good in, indie flick. Um, it's kind of a suspenseful thriller movie. I, it's not a horror movie, but uh, it has an Alfred Hitchcock vibe. But uh, I I don't want right. to I don't want to talk too much about the movie because I feel like it gives them a, a lot of the plot away anyway. But it's a good one. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. And then. Um, the last movie is one that I just watched yesterday. It was a documentary. I saw it on iTunes for 99 cents and it's called memory. The origins of alien talking about Ridley Scott's original 1979. Alien. Right. Okay. So I, I know you've seen the movie. Um, I'm not sure if yeah. you're a fan of the franchise or fran- a fan of, of the alien movie, but I love the original alien, the 1979 Ridley Scott one. I think, I think in the echelon of best horror movies ever made, I think Alien is 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 at the very top, maybe top three. I think it is one of the greatest horror movies ever made, and I think it is one of the best movies ever made. Period. Um, and and for how old the movie is, uh, I'm not sure many movies can age as well as Alien has. Um, but obviously Sigourney Weaver stars in it. It's such an incredible movie. And so memory, the origins of alien is the documentary on essentially how the movie came to be a lot of behind the scenes stuff, how the story came to be, how Ridley Scott involved, you know, as the director there, he wasn't originally going to be the director. There were, there were different directors that they had considered and saw the script and said, no, this is garbage. I don't want to touch it. And Ridley Scott saw it and said, I want this. So it's very fascinating. And then obviously they talk about, they spend about 20 minutes of the documentary talking about one of the most iconic scenes in all of cinema with the chest burster scene. You know, the, when the alien mm, bursts yeah, out yeah. of the chest and how, you know, how they filmed it, how they made it. Um, 
uh, it's just it's such a good documentary so if you're an alien fan you gotta watch this documentary it's very good very good but it just i don't know man it's and it started making me think of ridley scott and just his his filmography and i know i know recently a lot of his films kind of you know people say oh his films have kind of really taken a deep dive and not not really uh been the quality as some of his older films but dude ridley scott is such a talented filmmaker i don't think he gets enough credit i really don't he's he's made some of the best films um ever ever yeah so he has had like (laughs) yeah he has had like some pretty pretty diabolical films recently i'm not gonna lie to you i think a lot of people haven't realized how bad some of the films are like the counselor and um and the no the not Noah's Ark film the the oh um, it's called Exodus uh, the Christian Bale yeah with Christian Exodus, Bale yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen that actually, and I haven't seen the Counselor either so I can't <laughs> so there uh, and I don't think that the recent Alien films like were massively like enjoyed too much but um but take away that his the older films that he's done he's done up to kind of like Black Hawk Down. One of my one of my favorite films, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Black I mean, Black, Black Hawk Down, Black Gladiator, um, obviously the original Blade Runner. I mean, that's one of the most yeah. iconic sci-fi movies ever made. Harrison Ford, um, yeah, Alien. I mean, and then recently, I think recently, you know, one of his better films was uh, The Martian, uh, with which I haven't seen yet. Oh, dude, you got to see it. Great movie. Really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Really good. I think if anyone has kind of lost faith in Ridley Scott, just watch that movie and it will automatically restore your faith in, in his talents. Yeah, for sure. I need to check it. All right, man. That's, that's my list. That's my list. Let's hear yours. Okay. So, um, my list isn't as, as long as yours, but, um, so I watched this week, Logan. So that was always, uh, always a nice watch that was on on tv and just one of those things where i saw it popped on and ended up watching it from beginning to end a great film i saw that you um put up a question on your instagram with um (laughs) people to put up like directors and you pick their favorite the favorite film of directors then i saw that logan was there right yeah yeah no that that movie and i know you know back in 2017 when the movie came out and you and myself and mikey and formal were all kind of getting to know each other and we started this little chat group on Twitter. I I wasn't such a huge fan of the movie when I first saw it, but I've seen it a few times since and I've I've enjoyed it more and more every time I watch it. I think I think as a superhero movie, it is definitely one of the best superhero movies ever made. And I think it's because of the realism and the heart that the movie has which really makes it stand out above the rest. Yeah, I agree. I think it has a it's it's really deep and the performances are, are, are great as well. Um, there's a lot of meaning, um, and I yeah, I really enjoy that film a lot. So that's up there with with one of my favorite superhero films. Um, so that's that. Then um, then I watched um, American Psycho. So Lauren hasn't oh, seen that. Dude, I have. I haven't that. seen yeah. that movie either. I've never seen it. No way. I know. I know. I, I mean, oh, uh, you'd love that film, man. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I won't go into too much detail. Then it's hard to explain anyway. The the story, the plot. Lauren was very surprised by it she didn't really think that it was going to be anything like what it is you need to watch that definitely yeah. watch that watch that f- so we can discuss it on a cool. on podcast i'd like to get cool. your understanding of of how what you think of it definitely um and then this is a film that i text you about um earlier today that i was watching i was like oh i'm looking forward to talk about this one because this is a film that's that i've watched so many times because i really enjoy it and i think it's so underrated on so many levels that i think the actor that leads it it's it's 
underrated in regards to his catalogue of films. I think it should be up there with one of his best, and I think people class it as maybe lower down the list. The composer, it's one of his best scores, and I think that people even forget that it's part of his catalogue. And, and actually, as a film, like it's, it's genuinely brilliant. Um, and that's The Last Samurai. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you agree? Oh, that that movie. I think that movie is criminally underappreciated and and uh, not talked about hardly enough. Um, you know, when people think of of Tom Cruise movies, they automatically think of the Mission Impossible movies and and a lot of the other action films that you know that he starred in, Top Gun, you know, whatnot. But but for me, if if I were to make a list of the top three best uh, Tom Cruise movies, Last Samurai would absolutely be in the top three. Easily, definitely, easily. yeah. It's so it's so good. I, I I don't understand why. I think a lot of the reason why a lot of people don't enjoy it is because he's actually. I think from a little bit of research and a bit of um, stuff I've seen is it's it, in terms of it being fa- like factually correct in regards to um, history and stuff and how the samurai operate. It's very loose, and I think that annoys a lot of people. Mm. But for me, for someone who who I don't really have too much interest in that. I think the samurai are cool, but it's not really anything that I have any much of a passion about I've passion about good films and I think that Tom Cruise is acting in it is is really really good and some of the just like the depth in it and um the relations and between Tom Cruise's character and the the head of the samurai and how they become from enemies to like best friends and Hans Zimmer's score is so good like yeah. it's so good isn't it yeah it really is like it blo- I honestly when I listen to it I'm like this I don't even understand why people don't talk about that score so much. I've seen Hans Zimmer play live like four times now and he hasn't played anything from that. And it makes me sad <laughs> because it's like, it's so good. But it's one of those things where it gets dragged down by the film a little bit. But I don't know why because I love the film. Right. So no, I really was looking forward to speaking about that because I'm, I'm very passionate about the quality of that film. Yeah. It's something that Tom Cruise should get back to doing as in his his acting ability. I love that he does these stunts and I love that he pushes the boundaries and stunts, but he is generally a brilliant actor and I just wish he'd get back to those roots a little bit. I I agree. I agree. And it kind of makes me sad because, you know, as, as you know, the years go by, you know, someone like Tom Cruise, you know, continues to, and it's not that he's old. I mean, he's 53, 54, something like that. Um, You know, but uh, I, I feel like, I feel like kind of like Liam Neeson, uh, actors kind of just started start to kind of paint themselves into kind of this one genre of movie. You know, I, I'm not sure how many movies, you know, Tom Cruise is going to continue to do outside of what he's already doing with Mission Impossible. He's obviously going to get too old to continue to do what he's been doing with those movies. You know, but you know, I, I agree, man. I would love to see him more in movies like this. And I've, you know, say what you will about his personal life and kind of like his antics off screen whatnot um he is he's one of the best actors of our generation he truly is and and i don't think i don't i I mean for actors that are kind of up and coming you know actors that are as as dedicated to his craft as tom cruise is you really don't see those kind of actors anymore you know he's kind of like in a category of his own with christian bale and a few of those other actors that really take what they do very seriously and and that's that's tom cruise I, i agree man he's one of my favorite actors ever I love his movies. Yeah. yeah, he is. He is great. So that is it. I've only got through about three films. 
um this week but all, all very good good films and enjoyed them a lot yeah no that's great that's great that was a good list man i haven't seen the last samurai in a couple of years i think it's it's about time i i revisit that movie so that and american psycho i'm gonna have to watch that one <laughs> yeah watch american psycho i'd really like to discuss it over you on this and get your your thoughts on it it's a very complex and surprising film so yeah definitely watch it i want to chat you chat with you over the over the show no that's good to know and i think maybe i think i think for anyone who hasn't seen it and maybe for me in the past I was maybe turned off to it because I'm not like you. I'm not. I'm not a big horror movie fan. I, I'm. I am starting to embrace that genre a little bit more. But I'm. I'm very selective on the type of horror movies that I watch. You know, I, I'm not into torture type movies. I will not watch the Saw movies. Uh, the new Halloween movie that came out last year with Jamie Lee Curtis. That that was even really pushing it for me because it's so much more violent even than the original Halloween. Mm. So much more violent, and I. I don't. I don't I don't enjoy watching violence in movies for the sake of violence, you know. And yeah. so movies like recently like the Jordan Peele movies, Us, Get Out, um even this Thoroughbreds movie, I really like horror movies that are done very well, very tasteful, um very smart, you know, and not, you know, when they choose blood and gore, they they choose it very selectively and there's purpose behind it and so um and well, so this is, but this yeah if you watch your... if well if you watch a trailer of American Psycho I think uh, someone who maybe hasn't seen it or not familiar with how the movie actually turns out could be turned off by that but from the sound of it from the sound of it it's maybe not exactly what it it seems No it's not the trailer I remember the trailer it it does make it look a lot more like it's a horror when it's actually not man it it's like it's 100% like a psychological thriller if anything more it's oh, that's so great psychological it's so psychological it's not it's not scary in it's not scary in the slightest and to be honest a lot of people complained about how the gore doesn't match anything up to like how the book is apparently the book is so disgusting and this film is like it's nothing if you compare the gore to like something like saw you wouldn't even class it as a gory film that's how how little it is so yeah. it's more very psychological you'll, you'll love it man especially what you've just said there you'll Oh, you'll love it. Oh, that's Can't great. That, that's really it. good to know. That's really good to know. I appreciate that. No, I I mean, I feel excited to watch it now. <laughs> it's, it's on um it's on uh net it's on Netflix. Is it? Well, it's on the UK Netflix anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, so. I'll have to see if it's if it's here streaming, but I I see it pop up every now and again uh on sale on iTunes. Um are I, I was going to ask you this. Are you uh are you are you a purist kind of like a uh, uh formal or he he says he only buys like kind of hard copies of movies. I do both. I'm very, I'm very open to buying digital movies, but I will reserve buying hard copy movies. Um, you know, physical copies, uh, of movies that I really, really, really like and really want to maintain the quality of, of the picture, you know? Mm, um, yep. you know, cause even, even if you have a 4k streaming movie, it's not the same as a 4k disc. You know, if you have a 4k TV and a 4k player, it, it the quality is so much better than just 4k streaming but um but for older movies and movies that like i've never really seen before you know whatnot itunes they'll have a ton on sale and i have quite the catalog of digital movies no see i to be honest i buy like yourself i'll buy the um the ones i really like like the ones that are really important so for example like end game etc the really important films to myself i'll buy on on disc yeah. but um but to be honest I have I pay for a lot like of of streaming services and nine times out of ten if I want to watch a film it's it's on there and if I can't find it and I really want to watch it then I'll then I'll just end up buying it but I'll right. buy it like um, 
through a, like a digital platform yourself but usually like nine times out of ten and now with disney plus coming on it's probably going to be about 10 out of 10 nine times <laughs> like, like, with everything that's going on here netflix amazon prime sky which is our like television uh, service that we have over here and now with disney plus that comes out tomorrow i believe um there shouldn't really be much that i couldn't find so yeah it's very true and especially with the you know the up and coming um you know we have hbo max coming out you know for warner brothers and and from the sound of it they're going to have a wide variety of their catalog that's going to be available on hbo max um and then uh here in the u.s i don't know if this is going to be really relevant to um outside the u.s but you know so universal pictures is owned by comcast and Comcast owns NBC, uh, which is the uh, national broadcast company here in the U.S. That's just one of our local channels. But, um, you know, and, and TV shows like The Office or Parks and Recreation, uh, a lot of those comedy shows. But anyway, they're, they're launching their own streaming service called Peacock. Um, but that's also what I hear is going to have a lot of Universal Pictures on there as well. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But, um Okay, so uh, thank you listeners for hanging out with us while we kind of recapped our movies that we've seen recently. Um, I'm just going to go over news real quick, Ryan, before we kind of just get into the meat of what we're going to talk about. But uh, just things that happened this week. Um, uh, So every theater now in the U.S. is closed. Um, It started with the largest theater chain in the country, which is AMC. Um, They 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 announced, you know, closing their doors from six to 12 weeks. That's what their original guess was. It might go longer than that. Uh, hopefully not, but AMC is closed. Uh, Regal cinema is closed. I think Regal is the second largest chain in the country. Uh, Cinemark is now closed in the U S and then my local theater chain here that I, I frequent, uh, the most is Megaplex and they announced closing this week too. So officially, pretty much every single movie theater in the country is closed right now. What, what about in the UK? Do you guys still have any movie theaters still open and operating? Um, no, no. From my understanding, they're all, they're all shut. They're, they've all, they've all shut down. I'm just trying to think, um, I'm signed up to pretty much every single one of them. And I believe I've had an email from them all to tell me they shut down. So I haven't really had to stay touch on the news on that front, but yeah, no, it, they are nowhere to, uh, most places are shut to be honest not just cinemas here most places are shut so yeah so one of the uh one of the side effects of this is what movie studios are doing to try to you know recoup whatever money that they can on the movies that they've you know that are releasing this year um and it started with universal actually universal pictures was the first movie studio here in the u.s to announce that they were going to start releasing their movies straight to streaming and uh, it started with uh, three movies that they have in theaters right now under Universal Picture labels, uh, which are the three are Emma, The Hunt, and uh, The Invisible Man, which all became available streaming this, uh, streaming this last Friday. Not to purchase, but to rent. And the price that they put on those movies is uh, $19.99 for one rental. Um, uh, for average movie ticket prices here in the U.S., that's basically the price of two adult tickets on you know uh, a weekend night. Um, so I think that's, that's pretty fair for new movies, but their next one that's set to release is the new trolls movie, the animated one, and that will go straight to streaming, you know, so it's not going to have a three theatrical release, at least not of not right now. And then also Disney, you know, Disney announced that onward is now available streaming as well. Um, you know, you can rent it on iTunes or Voodoo or whatever, you know, uh, digital outlet that uh, you listeners use. But it's going to be on Disney Plus uh, first week of April. 
So, uh, you know, not, not every studio has announced this, you know, obviously universal didn't do that with fast and the furious, you know, they pushed fast and the furious back to next year. Um, so, but what I, I just wanted to know real quick though, Ryan, what, what is your thoughts on this? Do you think this is a good idea? Um, do you think this is going to hurt movie theaters? Do you think once movie theaters open back up, will these movies that are going straight to streaming be shown in theaters? What are your thoughts? Um, I think that people will want to see these films in the cinema, like myself. Um, I think the experience is important. So something like, say, Wonder Woman, for example, I, I really would like to see it at the cinema. Um, if I could probably avoid any spoilers if it was to go into streaming, then I'd, I'd try my best. But that would be the only reason for why I would stream it was because, yeah, as you are aware, Andre, you and I are very integrated within the movie social networking side of things. So it's very hard to escape uh, a GIF being made or something like that that can can spoil the film or just one tweet yep. that just gives yep. that away. It's, yep. it's, it's very difficult um, to avoid that um, being such integrated within kind of the movie social networking side. So that would be um, only one of the reasons why I would, would watch it. But I think in regards to its impact on the cinema world, I think it will have massive impact. These are these films like Fast and Furious and Wonder Woman, etc., are the the money makers. They're the big boys. You have like your your the ones like Onwards and stuff like that. that sure, that keep that keep the lights on, for example. But I think where they make their their big money, their profits are off these big films. And if they were to go straight to streaming and they don't have those, um, or they they're being delayed for such a long period of time that they had factored them into their business plan this year and now it's not. It's going to it's going to be a massive struggle, and not only is it going to be a massive struggle because of that, but they they're having going to have to play makeup as well for being closed for so long. So it's 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 going to have such a it's going to have such a massive impact. But the the other impact that I've actually done a bit of reading on and stuff, and some articles, some interesting articles, um, surround a lot around Wonder Woman and how Wonder Woman could be a game changer if it goes straight to streaming, because like you say, Andrea, if they put it on straight for streaming and and sell it for say like a rent for nineteen ninety nine, um. And that becomes really popular and they make a considerable amount of money doing that and say it's as successful as people buying tickets going to the cinema, then you might see this actually be a different strategy that studios start taking going forward, which if they start doing things like that, then again, this will be another hurdle for cinemas now to have to face because more people might just stay at home and rent a film for 20 quid instead of going out because i know a lot of people that that don't enjoy the cinema experience so i would just prefer to watch it at home and it's giving those people that option so i think this is the cinema industry is 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 looking at a very negative future sadly based on this both financially and the prospects of how films are, are launched yeah i i've heard the same uh, the same sentiment being shared online with a lot of people, you know, a lot of media outlets that are writing about this and the impact that it, it, this really could have on, on the movie theater business as a whole. Uh, my personal feelings are this. I really enjoy seeing movies in the theaters. I, I think the movie theater experience for most movies really trumps just being at home, but I, I enjoy going out. I enjoy the experience of it. I enjoy being in you know, a a packed movie theater, seeing, you know, a super popular movie, even if I don't love the movie, but there, there is something to be said about having that type of social experience that I think for within our society, I think is, it is important. I think it's something that we should work to maintain. 
you know, I know there are those who, who don't enjoy going to the movies, you know, who think maybe it's too expensive, you know, buying a, you know, a bucket of popcorn along with a movie is just, it's just not, you know, feasible for them. But, um, I, I think there are many people though, that still like you and me prefer the movie theater experience uh, over watching it at home. And so for that reason, I, I hope studios making this decision are, are very selective on perhaps what movies that they allow to go straight to streaming first. Uh, and overall, I, and there's an argument to be made and, and I don't have any facts to back this up. But I, and I may, I'll do some research uh, um, maybe this next week, but I, I just, I don't see how a movie theater could make as much money or a, a movie studio could make as much money with a new movie without releasing it in, in theaters. And, and, you know, if you go, you can go on to like uh, one of my favorite financial websites is called thenumbers.com and they just talk everything, movie financials. Um, and it, they show you how much, how much money a movie made in theaters and then how much it's made in sales, you know, Blu-ray, DVD sales, etc. And the ticket sales are always 10 to 15 times more than the Blu-ray DVD sales. Always. Always, 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 they make way much more. So I'm, I'm curious if, if movie studios have, you know, have their financial analysts, their experts, you know, kind of figuring out, okay, if we do release it straight to streaming, how much money do you think we will be actually be able to make versus, you know, uh, having a theatrical release? So, regardless, um, there are going to be lots of impacts, the long-lasting impacts, you know, from the global pandemic of of COVID nineteen. You know, the movie industry is just one industry that's being impacted. But last thing I want to mention on this. So if anyone else is interested, both Bloodshot and Birds of Prey movies that uh, Bloodshot just came out a week ago. Birds of Prey have been out, has been out for a little over a month. But these movies are coming straight to streaming uh, next week, March 24th. Um, so what's today? The 22nd? Yeah. So by Tuesday, anyone that wants that movie will be able to stream that movie next week, those two movies. So, um, okay, Ryan, we are on to the main part of our podcast today and listeners, Ryan and I, we were trying to come up with just some new things that we thought could be fun and creative and, you know, some entertaining listening for you guys, especially for anyone who, you know, is a practicing, uh, social distancing and self-quarantine in your homes and maybe not getting out as much. If you guys are interested in finding, uh, you know, some new things to watch, uh, on Netflix, uh, Netflix is the, it's the number one subscribing, uh, streaming service in the world. They have, I think over 165 million subscribers worldwide. Um, and they have a huge catalog of originals. And I, so what Ryan and I want to do, we're not going to cover, uh, shows or movies that are on there that are not Netflix originals. We are just going to only talk about uh, some of our favorite uh, shows and movies and recommend some as well, uh, but only Netflix originals. All right. So Ryan, I made my list of my top three favorite original Netflix movies and my top three favorite uh, original Netflix series. And then I have a list of recommended stuff that people maybe have haven't heard of or aren't too familiar with on the movie side. You watch a lot of more of the Netflix shows than I uh, I do. I usually watch more of the Netflix movies. Um, so you've got the recommendations on the TV show side, but let's just run through this. Uh, let's run through our top three real quick and uh, have that discussion, and then we'll get on to our recommendations. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, Sounds good man. So let's do let's do movies first. Um, I, I I know again you you already mentioned to me that you haven't seen nearly as many Netflix original movies as you have the series, which is fine. 
Um, you and I, we've already gone over a list, so I know I don't have the same ones as you on here, but, um, I'm going to give, uh, and the, again, these are no particular order for me. I'm just, these are my probably top three favorites that I've seen that are just incredibly good. Um, like movies that I thought these are, these are theater worthy movies. These, and, and it's a shame if anyone hasn't seen these yet because they should. Um, but, uh, these are my three. Okay. Um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, this was a movie that came out two years ago. Uh, it was actually, it, it was awarded in a few categories at the Oscars. Um, but it's a compilation of short stories within one movie of stories set within the Wild West of the United States. So like between, you know, mid to late 1800s and stuff like that. If you haven't seen it, Ryan, dude, you've got to watch this movie. It is very good, very clever, is it very a, is it, creative. Is it a Coen yes, Brothers film? Yes, it is yeah. directed and written by the Coen Brothers. You know, so if anyone is familiar with their movies, you know that they know that the Coen Brothers are very talented filmmakers. Um, but this is one of my most favorite movies that they've ever done. It is it it is such a great movie. Um, next on the list is the Two Popes. This was actually nominated for Best Picture at the most recent Academy Awards, uh, starring um, Anthony Hopkins and, oh, I'm blanking on his name, um, Jonathan Price. So uh, th- this is the story of the two most recent popes, so the current pope right now, and then the, and I'm sorry, I'm blanking on their names. I'm not Catholic, so if any of you who are listening are Catholic, forgive me. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was... Oh, anyway, okay, I'm not even going to try the names. But anyway, there 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 was a, a very monumental moment that happened within the Catholic Church when um two popes ago, the pope actually stepped down and he resigned. This is something that never hasn't happened in like 400 years in the Catholic Church. Usually when the pope is chosen, they will live out their life being the pope, and it's not until they pass away that the new pope is selected. Well, this was kind of like a a change of the guard and it's it's a very personal very intimate movie uh, i thought anthony hopkins and jonathan price were brilliant um so if you haven't seen that movie definitely recommend that one and then the last on my top three is one that also came out last year that was very surprising how much i enjoyed it starring timothy chamelay i got the name right this time um he stars as henry v in a movie called the king uh so medieval movie very good movie. If you haven't seen it, dude, totally recommend it. Um, he's um he's massively up and coming now, isn't he? Oh, I dude, his name he, I, I can't lot. I can't think of another actor right now that ha- maybe has as much uh, upside and appeal as Timothy Chalamet has. He's he's just I don't know. He he's definitely becoming a star for sure, for sure. Yeah, big time. Um, but uh, another another guy that plays in the movie is Joel Egerton. Um, and Joel Egerton does an incredible job. So definitely recommend that. So my top three movies are again, the ballad of Buster Scruggs, the two popes and the King. Let's hear your top three. Cool. Um, so mine are, um, a little bit different to that. So I'll start off with uh, a very popular release that was, um, was it last year or was it this year? I can't remember, but the El Camino. So the Breaking Bad film. Yep. Just last year. Oh, yep. a huge I'm a huge, huge Breaking Bad fan, so anything that that adds to that um, world is always going to be something I'm going to enjoy massively. Was it as good as Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul in terms of quality and excitement? Probably not, but it's still something that I love, and um, Breaking Bad is something I'll 
always hold quite close to myself. It's it's something I'm a big big fan of. So that was that was fun, and I enjoyed how that was. Released I, I thought well. it was a cool movie. I thought you know, me. I, I don't know how necessary it was, and I think that was the argument that a lot of people were were making is, oh, well, we didn't need the movie, but in the final season, you don't, you don't really know kind of what happened to Jesse and well, this is his story. And I think it was fun. I think it was fun to see how that played out. And it was kind of cool just to see, you know, Jesse Pinkman back, <laughs> back in his character again. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. That's good. Um, this is a film that got a lot of stick, but I enjoyed it quite a lot actually. Um, but it was one that many people didn't really enjoy too much but it was bright i like bright a lot because i like the concept of the film um now it does fall down in some areas but i believe the concept was actually really interesting and i'd like to i like to see more in that world i really enjoyed the the bringing this fairy tale kind of a world to this realistic vibe very interesting how humans would live alongside kind of fairy tale creatures but in a very grounded realistic world um, and how racism and uh, prejudice is a massive thriving factor like it is today but how it would affect creatures that we lived with instead of just other human beings and I felt the whole concept was really interesting and I, I like Will Smith a lot and I felt he brought the character alive as much as he as he could do um, so yeah I, was, I really enjoyed that film and I know Andre you you liked that film right? Dude this was the one movie that I, I really struggled not putting in my top three I, I love Bright I really, really love Bright. And for all the reasons that you just said, essentially, if, if any of you listeners have seen Onward, it's like an adult version of Onward. You know, it's it's the fantasy and mythical in modern day. Like, it, it's like Lord of the Rings that carried over into modern day, you know. Um, yeah. But it, it, for a, a buddy cop movie, I think it's great, man. And Will Smith, these are the movies he excels at. I think him and kind of his bad boy form of buddy cop, he's so good. He's so good. And, you know, I really don't understand why the movie was criticized as much as it was other than maybe this was the next movie that David Ayers did after Suicide Squad. You know, and say what you will about Suicide Squad. David Ayers is he's a quality filmmaker. You know, if, if you go on to IMDb and you look at his list, he's done some really good movies. Fury with Brad Pitt was a very good movie. Um, obviously, um, um, oh gosh, what, oh, shoot. What is the movie he's, oh, end of watch, end of watch with Jake Gyllenhaal. Dude, that that is that is a great movie, such a great movie. He he I put has, him on the map, right? Yes, yeah, so, oh, yeah. He he has a very uh, a sense of realism and grittiness that he brings to his films that I think really uh, help his films stand out. I know David Ayers has he has um, uh, I'm pretty sure he's from L.A. Like he was born and raised in L.A. And I know he has he has uh, years of experience within the military. So I think that those are the kind of films and kind of the grittiness that he gravitates toward too. But um, Bright was good. It was really good. I, I thought it was very creative. And they have a Bright 2 coming to Netflix. They're going to do a sequel. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in seeing that one too. But yeah, I like Bright. Very good. That's cool. I think the, one of the reasons why it gets slated a little bit is Will Smith kind of has this vibe where people just want to just want to hate on him a little bit. I, I don't get it. Like, I, I, don't I agree. Think the, um, I don't think Gemini Man was as bad as people. No. And I, don't, no. I don't think it was a great film, but I've seen... I've seen worse. No, but his acting reviews. was so good, though. It was so good, yeah. especially young Will Smith. Yeah, I agree. I, I, there's Some people just like to hate on him. Like, I think the critics seem to just, do, like, hate on him, and then people 
follow suit a little bit but he's had some he's had some raw deals recently i think it was ever since he did after earth i think things started to fall apart a little bit from there and people just maybe couldn't let go but no i, I love will smith i think he does just brilliant films oh absolutely um, man no definitely i mean he he's he is one of the uh, i mean in my opinion i think he's one of the top actors of our generation as well i, I just i mean yeah. he, he's he's fantastic he's extremely talented totally agree all right, what's the third and, on your uh, list? I, 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 I Am Legend kind of rings home a little bit recently, right? Oh, dude, I've, I've been wanting to watch that one. I've, I think I'm yeah. gonna, I've probably turned that one on tonight, man. I, I I haven't seen that one in a while, but I remember loving it. Loving it. That's a le- Oh, my God, I'm just about to say, me and Lauren, I actually forgot, me and Lauren watched Shaun of the Dead last night because <laughs> of everything going on. That's a brilliant <laughs> film. Won't go too much. We've, we've gone past that, but, but yeah. So um, the next film was... Um, the next film was so I wanted to kind of spice up a little bit, and um, so between two ferns movie. It's so like, funny, man. <laughs> me and me and Lauren love the between two ferns, um, like little mini show that is on YouTube. Like we think it is so funny. I've made so many people watch them. I like quote them to loads of people who haven't seen it. It's just so funny. Like this film is so stupid, but if, it's it's it is hilarious but it works it works it's zach galifianakis at his best it's so funny (laughs) it is so funny and like and what i just love about it is he he captures what a lot of people think about actors in his questions (laughs) like stuff like so outside of the film but like the interview he does with bruce willis i'm not sure if you've seen it but he asks bruce willis do you know that you can turn down films (laughs) it's just like that is so funny because it is just like, come on, man, are you just are you just wanting to do bad film after bad film for a laugh, like, and like, and when he asks him, he asks him, did he think that um, a whole nine yards would be too good? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's just so funny, and that's that and that film for me. We, me and Lauren looked forward to it. And it didn't disappoint. It had some great great characters, uh, some great actors on there. Some really funny interviews as a whole. So. It's one that just just gets his laugh in. So yeah, so we thought I'd pop that one on the list. Oh, dude, I think that's a great. It's a great choice. It really is. I, I, it's such an easy watch. It's it's just a really laid back, easy watch kind of movie. It's not very long, but it, it is comical. It's very good. And if you're a fan of Zach Galifianakis, you have to watch this movie. I just remember, I remember what really pulled me in when I saw the trailer first. I'm like, okay, I got to watch this movie. Is when he's interviewing Matthew McConaughey and he asks him. He says, how surprised are you that out of all the Oscars that you could have won, you won one for acting? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good, man. I, uh, Yeah, great movie. And an- another one that just did not do well among critics and Rotten Tomatoes. I just, I don't know, man. I don't care for Rotten Tomatoes. The- Bright and Between the Two Ferns are both very good movies. <laughs> there's, there's this one question that me and Lauren, in one of the outside of the movies, that just me and Lauren just think is just the funniest, is when he asks Brad Pitt, he goes, is it hard to maintain that t- that tan? And like Brad Pitt looks at him like, well, what do you mean? He's like, because you're always in your wife's shadow. <laughs> Yes, that's funny enough. Oh man, oh I got I got to watch that movie again. I I've actually never seen any of the YouTube videos. I know it was based on his on his little show. You've never I, seen the oh man, no, this no. God. 
Oh man, I'll send you some f- some funny ones. Yeah, send they're, me oh, send me some. They are yes. absolutely gold, man. <laughs> they're they're so funny. Oh man, oh dude, and in the movie when he's interviewing um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and he's trying to pronounce his name in the show. Oh, oh man, yeah, definitely, dude. That's a great choice, dude. That's a great choice. Okay, let's do our top three uh, series, um, and then we'll get into our recommendations. So these are my three favorite series and I, one of them will definitely surprise you but there's a lot of good Netflix series this was a lot harder than I thought it would be um, my, my top my top two though I thought were very easy choices for me it was just that third trying to decide but my favorite series and I think this is the greatest show that Netflix has ever made um, is The Haunting of Hill House um, not only do I think it's the greatest show that Netflix has ever made but I think it's one of the greatest TV shows ever made um, and there's a lot of reasons why, but it it is some of the best writing I've ever experienced in a TV show and, and how they're able to pull in the, the, the viewer and really dig down into each individual character of the show and expound on a story that seems so generic and maybe overdone, um, in other movies, because it, it is, it's based off of a novel that's been adapted into multiple movies that just have not been good. But this series, I don't know if you've seen it. It is genuinely one of my favorite tv shows i have ever seen i it it moved me in so many different ways ways emotionally from laughing to being scared to crying to uh just to just the spectrum man such a great show the haunting of hill house have you seen it i've not oh no, my god i've not is there any who's who's in it it doesn't even ring a bell to be honest no no one that you're gonna know really um i i just you got to watch it. Okay, the the one actress I think that you'd be familiar with, she she's been in um oh gosh, she she was in um The Watchmen. She played one of the uh characters in Watchmen. Um she played in let me see if I can pull her up. What is her name? Carla Gugino? so yeah she played in watchmen she played Amer- american gangster she played in san andreas that um <laughs> the uh the dwayne johnson movie uh gerald's game um uh i know who you're talking about i know who you're talking about i'm pretty sure she played yeah. in was uh, she in sucker punch as well sucker punch yes yes yeah yeah so that, that that i think she's maybe the most well-known actress on the show but dude watch it man uh, i i Again, like I'm not into horror that much, but the 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 way that they are able to tell a story with a supernatural element to it, it's so good. It's so good, dude. Oh, you gotta watch this show. But let me know. Um, okay, so that's cool, my man. number one. That's my number one. And I was gonna give it to Stranger Things, but when I ha- when I really thought about it, The Haunting of Hill House took my top spot. Um, next up is Stranger Things, um, specifically season one. I think this is one of the most brilliant shows, again, ever made. Uh, the way that they're able to incorporate 80s nostalgia with kind of the Goonies vibe and E.T. and so many other callbacks to classic 80s movies is perfect. Uh, it's such a great show, man. And I, I think I think the fact that how, how much appeal it has, not just within the United States, but globally, I think it's really just really kind of set Netflix apart to where... 
Netflix is going to be okay if every single studio pulls their original content from Netflix and Netflix just has their own original stuff. As long as they continue to make stuff like Stranger Things, Netflix is going to thrive. Stranger Things is just brilliant. Big time. Okay. And then my third. This is my third, and this is probably what's going to surprise a lot of people. But um, I'm a big fan of The Simpsons. And um, the creators of The Simpsons made a show for Netflix called Disenchantment. And I know that. I've not seen it. Is it that good? <laughs> if you're a fan of The Simpsons, you're going to like this show. I have the the it's it just had its second season this past year. The first season and and how it's unlike The Simpsons though, the way it differs is that it follows a single storyline. So so uh, The Simpsons plays out just kind of like a normal sitcom to where every episode is different. There's not like a, a congruent storyline throughout the whole season, but this one it does. The first half of the season kind of goes slow, but it really picks up in season one, uh, and and it ends really well. And then season two is brilliant through the the first half, and then it kind of slows down a little bit in the second half. But I have really enjoyed the show. I'm not really much into adult cartoons outside of The Simpsons and this show. Like I know there's a lot of other adult cartoons that people really enjoy. Um, but I've, I really enjoyed uh, Disenchantment. I think it's it's very clever. It's very intelligent humor. And again, if you're a fan of The Simpsons, I, I definitely recommend this one. It's very good. <laughs> That's cool. That, that was surprising. I've, I've seen it and I, I like The Simpsons. Um, it's kind of, I always feel like The Simpsons is my like third tier cartoon. I prefer Family Guy over The Simpsons, oh, but okay. then I prefer South Park. Yeah over family guy yeah but no I, I always love simpsons and that was always something i looked at and futurama was always fun as well so no check that out if you like it that much then i've never had anyone speak about it that highly yeah so no I'm and just remember the, the first half it's a little slow as you're getting to know the characters but the the, the second half of the season is very good it, it makes the whole thing uh, worth it so yeah <laughs> that's cool man okay let's hear your top three dude i'm excited to hear these okay so my number one um is stranger things ah, i love yes, stranger things yes. I wanted to keep my mouth shut when you were talking there because I know that we're going to double down on it. But uh, no, I love it. Um, I love, to be honest, um, I, I feel like all three seasons have be- have have qualities in them that the other ones don't. So I love love them all. The first one's obviously original. It had it was a lot kind of felt a lot more scary um, where the, the second one felt a lot more like... Um, a bit more fun it was a bit more of a fun series and then the, the third the third um was very much more like nostalgia 80s driven i felt so it was but the whole thing was just it's just amazing i love it i love the characters in it i love hopper the most he's he's a brilliant brilliant character oh, so well done yeah he's so he well makes done. Yeah. he makes the he makes the show for me he's got so much depth and how his character grows throughout each season is is uh, he's so so good he's so good he really he really makes it for me and i've grown to really like uh, david harbour as an actor because of it because he generally seems like a really funny guy outside of outside of acting as well so so that was my number one big big fan of stranger things now I, that yeah your, the your only list. thing yeah the one thing i wanted to add to that is just this i i i really appreciate uh how much attention to detail that the the creators of the show give because just like you said there there's so much to appreciate in each season because of how distinct they are you know not just that they take place in different parts of the year you know because the first season is after halloween so you get november through december you know up until christmas which is the last episode Mm. and then and then the second season, you're you're in October through the Halloween season, you know, so you get to see them dress up, go trick or treating, stuff like that. Um, but 
uh, and then in the third season, you're you know you're in the summertime. You know everything is summer vibes. You know warm weather, fireworks, all of it. Um, but what I really like though is how they've the theme of each of each season is very different. To where season one is kind of like it's like ET meets aliens. Season two is like exorcism. You know, we'll call back to these 80 80s classic movies. And then season three is like Invasion of the Body Snatchers and and just kind of just the type of stuff that the kids are having to deal with. And it's it's yeah, so yeah. well done, man. It's so well done. It's what well, I just love. I love like how they you've have you seen a lot of kind of the like the mirrored scenes. So like in season two with the um, those dogs, those weird animal dog things, the demi dogs. Like, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. The demi dogs. They're um they're when they're chasing around is a reflection of the of the raptor scene in Jurassic Park. Yes. Um, yes. And and like the scene where they're in the shop in the third season and you've had the tentacles that are like going round the, the the store and then they're like running around and hiding and stuff. Um that's very like War of the Worlds and stuff. Yes. So it's like there's like um and like they are like the gremlins with the little demi dog that grows in. It's like they focus like very much like the like the gremlins and stuff. So it's yeah, there's loads of different vibes and it's just it's really cool. I love that. Yeah. No, great man. So, that's great. So cool. Um, so my number two is a show that I absolutely love, um, and I need to get around to watching um, essentially the second season of its kind of weird counterpart. But um, Narcos, I'm a huge fan of Narcos. It kind of kickstarted off Boyd Holbrook's and um, and Pedro Pascal's career because of how good it is. It's generally a really good show. I know that it's um, it's based on the Pablo Escobar thing, which I didn't know much about. So that was really interesting um, to learn a bit about history on that but it's just executed perfectly it's such a great show it's not narcos mexico right so narcos mexico is on now but i like i like the original narcos more okay okay kind of like a counter okay yeah counter season about um about how essentially marijuana and stuff came into into play but the original narcos is about the cocaine scene right and pablo escobar yeah um and that's that's more what i like i love narcos mexico it's still brilliant but the original first three seasons of narcos and the cocaine scene is just so good <laughs> like the, the acting in it is phenomenal i could say it really kick-started um pedro pascal's um career yep from that obviously he was in game of thrones as well but that was one that i think was his like okay he's game of thrones he's good in that but then he was in narcos it's like right this guy can act and so he went on from that boyd holbrook's had a bit of a rockier trajectory but he's still brilliant it's just, it's great so i i highly recommend anyone who hasn't seen that to go watch that yeah i know you, you I, I, I know you've talked a lot about it and i haven't seen it yet um but yeah i'm glad you made the distinction between the different shows because there are the, the, you have narcos narcos mexico um but no i i haven't seen it yet and i know you you you've told me a lot about the show so it's on my watch list i haven't started it yet but i'll i'll definitely start it now um so yeah start with narcos right good watch and this one uh my third one is 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 genuinely some of the best work that's come out of the the mcu mm-hmm. and it's it's daredevil daredevil sadly is something that's now been cancelled because obviously disney have gone onto their own streaming service which is it's destroyed the the partnership that they had with Netflix to push more of the TV series side of the MCU. Right. But Daredevil is unbelievably good. It is Charlie Cox is an amazing actor. He's brilliant as the character. The way they bring the character life is so good. The tone is brilliant. 
the characters that they introduce into the show like the punisher for example is amazing it it is honestly some of the best superhero related content i have seen um and it's and it's formed within a tv show which which is rare considering the fact that it has to compete against stuff of big budgets like cinema tv uh, cinema related hero films etc it holds its own it is phenomenal and it's shown how bad the daredevil film actually was to people that didn't know anything about daredevil it really highlighted actually how amazing this character is and and the heights that you could take it it it's generally it's genuinely perfect uh, and i knew you're gonna have it on your list which is why i didn't put it on mine because otherwise it probably was going to end up in my top three anyway but i'm glad i'm happy you mentioned it because it, it but what uh, what's what's funny though too is i think i think it has so much to be compared to because it's not the only marvel superhero netflix show you know you have uh, jessica jones you have luke cage you have um iron fist you have uh um punisher the defenders uh, and yeah, the defenders, um, and daredevil is, it's so much better than even all of its counterparts on Netflix. It's so much better. And if any, I mean, I I've watched, I've tried to watch some of the, the DC TV shows like on WB, you know, Supergirl flash. And when you watch daredevil, I, I can't, I can't go back and watch those other shows, man. It, it, the, the quality of daredevil is so much better than any other superhero TV show I have ever seen. And it's surprising Definitely. how good it really is. Yeah. Now, great choice. It man. Is, it's so good. The, the action sequences, the way that they're filmed are amazing. They're just, there's one scene um, in the second season the hallway scene. where he's taking on this, the biker gang in the hallway scene. And it's just one long shot. It's just unbelievable. It, it's so brutal, but so raw and realistic. Yep. It's great. I love it. I love everything about it. And I'm, I, it's, I'm gutted that it's gone. But rumor has it, but it's a very weak rumor. But have you seen that potentially he might be, he might be back? I have. He I might have. be back in and, the next. And, you know, you got to know. I mean, Charlie Cox. He's he's the uh, actor that plays Matt Murdock or Daredevil in in the show. You got to know he's he's championing for. <laughs> For him to get back into, but it may, it, it, it makes sense. It, it all makes sense. All the information that's out there, it makes sense. He's there's been a little bit of nod that there has there is a lawyer required um, for Spider Man because he's in a, he's found himself in that situation where he's going to be in a bit of trouble, um, and there's only one lawyer in the in the Marvel world <laughs> that, you, that you're going to call like like Matt it would be ridiculous. It, but, Exactly, and yeah. I think how how cool would that be? How cool would that film be where you see him, Spider Man, realize that his lawyer is also a superhero? Like, yeah, and yeah, and they they end up like combining. It would be so good. Oh, I'd love it. It'd be, it'd be unbelievably good. So let's hold out hope, man. I've got my fingers crossed. Oh, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm gonna admit something to you though. Uh, the only reason why I haven't seen season three though, because I have not seen season three of Daredevil, the final season on Netflix, is because I've been trying to watch them in order uh, of of how they were, you know, released. And and there's a bunch of seasons of other shows that come out before Daredevil, but they, you know, they all tie into each other. And it's been so hard for me to push through these other shows that I I I just don't really care for. Like the Defenders was okay in my opinion. Um, Iron Fist, dude. I, I don't know how Daredevil could be so good and Iron Fist struggles so much. And the Jessica Jones shows I think are decent. Um I'm not a fan of the Luke Cage ones. Do you like Luke Cage? I just don't No, I, 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 I don't I don't like the other stuff. It's a testament it it's all about the characters though. Like 
the Daredevil to me I was surprised was going to come out on a TV series but I can understand why it was because it was so good but those other characters kind of feel like like TV characters they feel yeah. like they're never they're never going to get a big budget where where Daredevil originally back in the day obviously had that Ben Affleck film he is a major comic book character right he's massive he's interesting he's got he's a he is up there with the likes of X-Men, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four in the in the comic book world. So and it just shows when he within his TV series of why he's so good, why he's so interesting and and then they got it right. So they might have got Jessica Jones right and Iron Fist right, but their characters just they're just not on the same level as Daredevil and so since they got Daredevil right, it was always going to be great because he's such a great character and he's, he's so famous. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, dude. It, it would be very cool to see Charlie Cox be in the MCU. It'd be very cool, or even just in the Sony the Sony Spider Verse. I think bringing him back, uh, within that capacity, you know, maybe having him appear in, you know, Venom two, something like that. I think that'd be pretty cool. But, um, all, all right, listeners, uh, we're running a little bit long, but that's all right. We're gonna end things by giving out uh, some of our recommendations. Uh, like I said previously, I'm gonna focus on movie recommendations. Uh. Uh, and then uh, Ryan's going to give you his TV show recommendations on Netflix. Um, but Ryan, I have, I have a long list. I'm just going to run through these. I'm not going to talk about the movies, but I'll, I'll give the listeners uh, the name and the rating of the, of the movie. Uh, just, you know, in case, you know, if you have kids or you're looking for something that's maybe more family friendly. Um, but here, here I have 10 movies that I want to recommend. Okay. These are all Netflix original movies that I really have enjoyed. And I think, and, you know, our social distancing and self quarantines, you know, if we have time to check some of these movies out, I definitely think they're worth the watch. Um, okay. So these are rated R movies again, Netflix originals. Um, but I, these are movies I think are just really excellent, really good quality. Uh, the first one is called the Highwaymen, which stars Kevin Costner and, um, uh, Woody Harrelson rated R. Um, uh, the next one is outlaw King that stars Chris Pine. Um, very good movie. It's kind of like a, if you're familiar with um, Braveheart, Mel Gibson, this is kind of like a sequel to that movie. It's very good. Um, Bright, we already mentioned Bright. Um, Mudbound, this this movie has definitely gone under the radar, even though it was uh, nominated for some awards at the Oscars back in 2017. If you have not seen Mud, Mudbound, definitely recommend it. It's kind of a um, post-World War two down in the southern states and just kind of the racism that those states are still dealing with and then now we're on to pg-13 movies um if you're familiar with the cloverfield movies uh the first one is called cloverfield and then 10 cloverfield lane even though the movies aren't like direct sequels they're they all tie in kind of to the same universe uh, Netflix did this thing where all of a sudden they launched a new movie called Cloverfield Paradox on a Netflix. They announced it during the Super Bowl. It was kind of a big thing, and it it did not do well critically, but I enjoyed the movie. And if anyone, if you're a fan of the Cloverfield movies, definitely check out Cloverfield Paradox. Um, uh, Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston comedy movie that came out last year called Murder Mystery. Very good. Um, always be my maybe a rom-com, um, that has two Asian lead actors. So kind of in the same vein as uh, crazy rich Asians. Um, but it takes place in, I think, I think San Francisco, I think, but a great rom-com, uh, for anyone who's interested. And then to all the boys I've loved before, uh, PG 13, very good, uh, kind of young adult rom-com. 
Um, this one, I was surprised when I went back and saw that as rated, rated PG-13, but it's uh, the Mowgli movie, Mowgli Legend of the Jungle, um, which has quite a few A-list name actors as, you know, voice actors like Christian Bale. Um, but, you know, just kind of a Jungle Book uh, re-envision, re-imagined movie. Very good. And the last one I'm going to recommend, uh, this is a PG movie, uh, came out last year as well, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Very good movie. Um, very family friendly. It's a true story. Um, definitely recommend that one, but those are my recommendations, Ryan. Let's hear yours for TV shows. Cool. They're good. The, uh, Mowgli, um, I think the Mowgli is meant to be kind of more true to the book because the book is meant to be quite dark. Yep. I remember Andy Serkis kind of saying that. So yep, definitely, definitely not the Disney version. Yeah. Cause Andy, this movie was supposed to re- be released in theaters, but Netflix ended up acquiring the distribution rights and said, now we're going to just put it on our streaming service. But yeah, directed by Andy Serkis. Um, but here, I'll, let me just read you uh, uh, voice actors in the movie, Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Benedict Cumberbatch, Naomi Harris, Andy Serkis, um, Let's see. Anyone else noteworthy? But I mean, yeah, it has it has very well known actors portraying. Yeah, that's a good list. But yeah, already. no, it's good. It's good. I mean, if anybody's a fan of you know the Jungle Book, even you know it, it you know, the Disney version, this one's good. It's good. So cool. There you go. Well, um, so for me, um, off the back of actually Daredevil, I loved the the Punisher. The Punisher was actually one of the series that that worked really well for me. Really good. Um, I was really sad, actually, more sad when that came to an end because. The Punisher, I felt like his character was a lot more um, when I like that you could connect to. That he had a very good emotional story, and I, I really enjoyed um, that. So oh, John Bernthal's excellent, that. dude. He's excellent as Frank Castle. He is. Yeah. He is excellent. Like, yeah, he he embodies him as a person generally. So that was that's sad. I'm hoping we get to see more of that. So definitely, The Punisher is is one to watch. Um, the what else have we got here? So we've got um, a, more of a documentary series. And Netflix seemed to love the documentary series. And this was one that blew my mind. I'm not sure if you saw Andre, but it was Don't F with Cats. Um, oh, I, I've, I've come across it, but I haven't seen it. No. It, it is probably one of the most mental things that as I've ever come across. It, it blew my mind. Uh, my girlfriend watched it before me and she's like, right, you need to watch this. This is mad. And I'm like, ah, not huge on docuseries. Like... They usually go on a bit too long. She's like, no, this is mental. Watch the first 10 minutes. I was like, this is mad. Yeah. It's three episodes. It's mental. I can't believe it happened in real life. <laughs> it really opens your eyes to just how crazy the world really is. So check that out if you're looking for something. Dude, I'm adding it's it quite, to my list right now. <laughs> it's quite, it's quite, it's, it's dark. The guy, the, what the guy does is, is, um, and it's about a murderer. Um, he's, he, it's very dark. Yeah, he, he's, he kills he's very cats twisted and, and posts videos about it, right? yeah yeah cats uh well kittens and puppies uh, first off and then moves and then moves on to actually human beings it's 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 very dark it's very sad you don't you don't see him do it obviously but um but you do see the videos he posted in blurry form oh dude it's it's only three episodes man this is totally worth it i'll watch this tonight (laughs) yeah it's mad man it's mad cool um so that was uh one i had on there um so a nice like cheeky little comedy for you, which I really enjoyed. I'm a big Paul Rudd fan. Was um, living with yourself, where he has where he clones himself, a better version of himself. I saw very that. Funny. I saw that. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. The the one thing that really highlights me is the score is kind of very hypnotic. I kind of felt myself feeling like I was being hypnotized whilst I watched it, but I I enjoyed it. It was really good. Um, another one that I I I love a lot, and it, it I think it reminds me very much of the TV show Dexter, um, is you. The second season recently come out a few months ago. 
and it was as good as the first one, if not mm. better, in my opinion. It's about a character that's that's very weird um, and gets himself into very mad situations because of how weird he is. But it's it's good. It's a very complex story on on a on a on a focus of one character, and I really in, enjoy the the mental side to it and how his his mind works. Cool. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh. Uh-uh. So that that's good. Um, and what else have I got here? So. I think the last thing, which I no, I've got one more, is um, two more. Black Mirror. Once Netflix oh, took over, they yeah. ramped it up to another level. Black, they really put better funding behind the show, and you can see that once Netflix took over and they become Netflix originals, the show just goes to another level. The quality of it's amazing. Well, and then they had they released some of those episodes that were like choose your own ending, right? Yeah, that's the um, Netflix um, Bandersnatcher. Yeah, which you could choose. There was you choose certain areas. Oh, was that not Black Mirror? It was actually. I thought that was Black Mirror. Yeah, Black Mirror. What did I say? A Bander Bander Snatcher. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was called. So you have Black Mirror. So when you go onto Netflix, you go Black Mirror, and you can see all six seasons, I believe. But you have to go to a separate section in Netflix to get to uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatcher because it's like it's a whole different thing where you control different aspects of the episode and it can take you to a completely different ending so it's like a yeah so there's multiple endings and multiple routes you can take depending on the choices that you you pick within it so it's very interactive but no anyone that's in black mirror knows that each episode is individual they're like mini films and they all focus on very dark very real potential outcomes in life it's very fascinating and i recommend anyone to watch cool. those cool um but my last one which andre you know what i'm gonna say is my last <laughs> show it didn't meet my top three because i feel like it's not that sort of show but it is something that i enjoy greatly and every time they get to more released it's something i will go home and watch straight away is the chef show with john favreau and roy Choi. yep anyone who loves food and especially people now when you're stuck in and you're looking for more creative things to do these guys just love food. They know famous people who also love food. And it, and I just feel like just happy watching it. It just makes you feel happy. It makes you feel relaxed. It makes you enjoy food and, and bring out any sort of passion that you have for food. And it's just a happy watch. And I, it's so hard to explain. You just got to sit down and watch it. And you'll you'll know what I'm talking about, especially if you love food. It, it brings out such a great passion in that these two guys love food so much and the concept is brilliant and and john favreau for me he's, he seems like a, a really genuinely good guy it really he's, endears he's you to him talented. huh yeah it really does it really does he just seems like a good guy like he's what i love about it the most is that he is he's very talented but then when he's in that room with roy who is a very renowned chef now and has done an amazing part in changing the the food industry John is happy to sit back and, and learn and he's so humble and for a guy who's who's clearly more famous than Roy and probably earns more money and has had more successes in his life in different avenues he's still happy to sit back and let Roy be the expert and and just learn from him and and become this kind of this pupil and become one of us and that's what I love about it. he just becomes one of us and he's not he's so famous so I love that so that's me that is me that is my list and I hope you can all watch one or two of the things that we've recommended today because i think you'll really enjoy it uh, I, I think that's great dude and i love hearing you talk about it especially i mean when when you hear someone talk about something that they're really passionate about i think that the, your genuineness and how much you love the show really carries it really does i think that's great dude 
That's really fun. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, here, Cheers, Ryan, dude. let's let's do this. Before we end things, I'm just going to run through the list real quick of the movies I recommended, and then you can just do the same with your TV shows. So here's my list again, uh, no particular order. Cloverfield Paradox, Murder Mystery, The Highwaymen, Outlaw King, Always Be My Maybe, Mudbound, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Oh, dude, I missed one, man. <laughs> Roma. I totally <laughs> missed one. Whoops. Uh, Roma. Uh, it was up for Best Picture nomination a year ago. Um, Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, and then The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. And then uh, let's hear your TV shows one more time. Cool. So I had The Punisher, Living With Yourself, Don't F With Cats, You, and The Chef Show. Perfect, man. That's great. That's great. Dude, this was a lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed this episode. This was good. Yeah, big time. This was good. Uh, well, listeners, uh, we, we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. Um, uh, you know, we, we just want to provide some, just some entertaining things to listen to and maybe some recommendations on things that you guys might want to watch while you're just kind of hunkered away in, in your homes. Uh, we hope everyone is safe. Hope everyone is healthy. Hope you have all the supplies that you need. Um, but Ryan, thanks again for joining me. Really appreciate it. Um, why don't you let the listeners know how to reach out to you if they want to get a hold of you online cool as always um, I'm Ryan from lifeoffilms.com pop over there read a few blogs um, and get in contact with me through uh, my twitter handle or anything from there that you uh, want to talk about so yeah speak to you soon perfect and then uh, I'm Andre Hutchins with Backseat Directors Uh, you can find really find us anywhere on social media just type in Backseat Directors and you'll find it but again thanks so much for tuning into today's episode and uh, we won't see you guys at the movies anytime soon but enjoy watching your movies in the comfort of your own homes on Netflix and whatever other streaming service you guys uh, subscribe to but uh, take care and we'll see you guys next week the Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. The Backseat Director's podcast is available to download on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and most other podcast platforms. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We find our seats uh-uh. The perfect road Why? It's the perfect day for a movie Let's go see a show yeah. Let's go to the movies And see a show of movies we can all choose from there's action adventure animation and comedy there's sci-fi and westerns and classics documentaries uh, so many options so much variety there's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me uh, so find your seat in the perfect row Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone.